Now, live inside the Matt Black Kia Studios, here's Mike Gill. A happy hour Friday with the PT. It's brought to you by OddsTrader.com. To win at sports betting, you need the right live information. The best website to get it is OddsTrader.com, your personal sports betting command center. The PT's here. Now, let me ask you, Brooks, what's your Sunday attire? I don't have anything too crazy. I'm just a simple, you know me, I, I do the athletic shorts and just a casual t-shirt, but I'll go out of my way to look for maybe like an Eagles t-shirt. You go Eagles, take. I, I, I most likely, yes, but I'm not going to make it like it has to happen every single Sunday. I don't know if you had a, if you're a Jersey guy, Sunday, Jersey, you got the hat on today, a little bird's hat. I do have the bird's head on. I do have a Fletcher Cox, Jay. I do have a Wednesday, but I'm not big on the jersey thing. It's more like gifts for Christmas from family members. I get a jersey. It's like, oh, thank you, but yeah. I'm not like a big jersey guy. You got the Kelly Green hat on there. Yeah, you like this one? Yeah, I don't mind the Kelly Green. I'm not like, oh, Kelly Green, got to go back to it. I don't mind the Eagle Green. I like the Midnight. Yeah, I like both. I think both. Cool. Do you have an attire that you need? Not really. I usually go with a nice short. Just a nice short, huh? What does that mean? Athletic? Is that khaki short? Usually, uh, whatever I wake up in, you know, on a Sunday, I probably don't uh, take a shower. I probably don't change. Right. I do no, shower, I actually. Well, I see, do jump in the shower. You make me work on Sunday, so I, I do. actually have to do something in my mornings. Oh, that's right. Well, you're on <laughs> you're on uh, Eagle Game Day. I mean, that's what's right. wrong I love, with that? I love it. I was just kind of, you know, busting uh, your stones. All right, let's bring in the PT for Happy Hour Friday. PT, what's PT game attire for the game on Sunday? Well, uh, I was in a T-shirt last week, and I don't see any reason for that to change. An Eagles T-shirt. I don't think I had a – did I have an Eagles hat on? No, that? I figure I you – I, I knowing you, Eagle I thought hat. you'd maybe go uh, polo. Well, I mean, the polo is if you're going out and you have to interact with people. Just sitting at home, I mean, I don't have to impress Michael, for God's sake. Yeah, but I mean, How about like... the towel over the neck? Is that an Eagles Ooh. towel? <laughs> no, it's the Gatorade towel. It's always the Gatorade towel. Yeah, but, I mean, P- no, in the PT, I mean, I, I thought maybe you'd go polo, great khaki pant, perfectly pressed. Yeah, no, I mean, again, that's if I'm, like, interacting with anybody. I mean, you know, last week it was just me for the first half, and then uh, – Michael got home just in time to see it all collapse. So he, he enjoyed it. Not. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's get your take on uh, this game this week. You know, confidence level is? Uh, I'm skeptical. You know, I, I mean, not, look, I, I don't think they were as bad maybe as uh, I initially blew up about. Uh, but at the same time, uh, and I'm happy that it looks like Lane Johnson's going to play. It looks like these guys are going to be back. But, uh, you know, I'm a little skeptical. I mean, I think the, the Rams, look, I, I could just is easily see Aaron Aaron Donald just blowing up uh, a patchwork line and uh, and things going awry quickly. So, you know, I, I actually, you know, and we'll get to my prediction at the end, I actually think the Eagles are going to win. I'll say that. But uh, but I'm a little skeptical on how it's going to go. All right, we'll get to the prediction at the end. Sounds like you just gave it to us. The Eagles will win, according to the PT. All right, Sports Bash 97.3 ESPN. Uh, now that you're going into the weekend – what concerns you the most about this team that maybe didn't concern you beginning of the year? I mean, I was concerned about the offensive line last week, and lately so. Um, I, you know, the, the fact that, well, if Miles Sanders is back, that I'm less concerned about the 
the ability uh, to run the football. Maybe actually Doug will try to run the football. You know, the defense, I thought, for the mo- I mean, it was really hard to get a read on one game, but this is supposed to be the improved defense. And, you know, a matchup like I'm going to look at, by the way, is like Cooper Cup versus his old teammate, you know, uh, and and watch those guys go against each other, and you'd figure they know all the moves. So what concerns me, uh, I would say just just attitude and spark. Like I heard I heard Sal Powell earlier where he talked about, you know, it just it just didn't seem like the – the Eagles had like energy or fire, and that's probably my biggest concern. Is I just don't think they could afford to fall into an O two hole, you know. And and I was so negative, and that's Negadelphia, and I'm as guilty of that as anybody. When they when they it's not that they lost last week, how they lost last week. I was texting anybody that would listen that you know they could be one in five. Like other than the Bengals, they're not going to beat anybody. You know, I was pretty pissed off. How do you feel about Carson Wentz? Today, right now, how do you feel heading into Sunday with Carson Wentz? Uh, well, are we going to get the good Carson that we saw in the first quarter and where he was lights out? Or are we going to get the guy that couldn't couldn't hit anybody even if he had like a laser-guided target? I mean, you know, some of these things are – and the stubborn Carson. Get rid of the GD football. I mean, that drives me crazy when he holds on to it too long. You know, I understand that if he holds on to it, holds on to it, and then has that escape and makes that miracle play, the things are great. But, but that's not what we've seen more often than not. More often than not, hold on to the football leads to bad things. So, how do I feel about Carson? Uh, I'm I'm on a TBD. Like I want to see which Carson shows up. I mean, look, I, I have the feeling that you know because it's one versus two, and they say it all like, well, I'm not playing Jared Goff. I'm not playing Carson Wentz. I'm playing the Eagles defense, right? Well, yeah, come on now. They know. Oh, they're all going to be on this because these are the top two guys, you know, and I think Carson might rise to the occasion because of that. All right, Pete, uh, obviously the Rams beat the Cowboys last week, so that was good news there, but the fact that they beat the Cowboys suggests that maybe they're a pretty good team. So who wins and why? Well, I I will say one thing. The way they beat the Cowboys last week and the number of rushing attempts they had was something that I wouldn't have guessed coming. And I think I heard you talk about this this week at one point when I was listening, Gil, where you were saying, like, if you think Rams, you you used to think greatest show on turf. You just think, you know, your initial reaction to Rams is receivers. You know, uh, uh, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, you know, you think of those guys. I believe that with guys coming back, including Wayne Johnson, including Miles Sanders, including it looks today like maybe Javon Hargrave might play, uh, you know, I mean, guys that are coming back from injury, uh, I believe the Eagles are going to win the game, but I don't think it's going to be close. I, I mean, I do think it's going to be close, and I don't think it's going to be an easy win, that's for sure. So I, I have it as uh, Eagles 27, Rams 20. All right, 27-20 from the PT. Before we let you roll here, uh, let's get a classic PT rant on the Phillies this week. Can you find a worse bullpen in the history of baseball than the GD Philadelphia Phillies? Four hours and 12 minutes of my life I committed to that game last night, for the most part, never turning away. I took a little glimpse at Miami-Boston. I took a little glimpse at, oh, here's some hockey on, and I'll, I'll put that in the jump for later. Okay, but I suffered through that crap once the starter got knocked out. Once we didn't have Aaron Nolan anymore, I, I sat there and I watched that, right? And what did they do? They just absolutely destroyed my hopes again. It's like my eighth-grade girlfriend. They're the ultimate tease. They suck me in, and I get no deliverance. It sucks. 
All right. Well, there you go. Uh, we'll see what the Phillies end up doing. Uh, and uh, the Eagles, you got the Eagles winning, so hopefully that makes the weekend go well for you. It's a happy hour Friday. PT able to even have a beverage yet? Uh, I have not had one of those beverages of the alcoholic family yet, but I did try a little carbonation the other day, and I didn't explode like uh, the kid in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. So, <laughs> you know, uh, we're getting there. Baby steps, baby steps. All right. Uh, Pete Thompson, happy hour Friday here on the Sports Bash on 97.3 ESPN. Brought to you by OddsTrader.com to win at sports betting. You need the right live information, the best website to get it. OddsTrader.com, your personal sports betting command center. Pete will be back for Tuesday with Thompson to give us his thoughts on the Eagles and the Rams and everything else that's going on here on the Sports Bash. Peter, have a great weekend, man. All right, Michael. Hunter, take care, guys. All right. Uh, there's Pete Thompson here on the Sports Bash Live on 97.3 ESPN. He likes the Eagles to win the game. That's three for three. Some of the same as last week. He says 27 to 20 on the birds. Huh. All right. That make you feel any better? Nope, because we all picked the Eagles uh, last week in our group chat we had. Well, he uh, he said how upset he was with the Eagles and then still picked them. Is that his head or his – I mean, he doesn't have a brain, so. Yeah, he was, he was betting with the heart. Yeah. All right, Sports Bash coming up. It's uh, Casey Joyner. One thought on every game. One thought every game this week. His confidence level in each of those games will give you a thought on every game, plus the matchups to watch in the Eagles and Rams. This is what I love about doing this with Casey. He watched the film for both teams, and then we'll ask him how the matchups look after he compares the film. You know, ah, boom, receivers against this, D-line against them. Gives you a great perspective on the game. Casey Joyner, thefootballscientist.com, coming up next. The Western Conference Finals are here. LeBron James and the Lakers are rolling. James the other way, behind the back dribble, to the rim and the flush. Can the Denver Nuggets be the spoiler to the King regaining his ground? One on the dance floor, but it's a new partner coming through that door, and it's Denver Nuggets. The King and the Joker, Lakers Nuggets, game one. Jokic for a hierarchy. SPN. Uh, coming up, one thought on every game. Casey Joyner gives us one thought on every week two game, plus the matchups to watch in the Eagles and the Rams game. TheFootballScientist.com, NFL insider Casey Joyner in just a second. But first, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new users the chance to turn $1 into $100 when you place a bet on any team. That is $1. Turn $1 into $100 when you place a bet. On any team, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code 973 when you sign up. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey-only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, uh, let's get the matchups to watch in the Eagles and the Rams game. NFL insider Casey Joyner, thefootballscientist.com. We'll get one thought on every game in just a second. But Casey, as we welcome you in on a Friday edition of the Sports Bash as we do each week. Let's uh, let's take a look at this game. The Eagles' offensive line was a mess last week in terms of eight sacks. Now, breaking down some of that tape, we had Brian Baldinger on earlier this week. He said, ah, the line wasn't as bad as they looked. It was more communication. The running backs missed some stuff, but they got their hands full with Brockers and, of course, that guy named Donald. So let's start there. Eagles' line against this Rams front. How do you see it? I would agree from a, at least a run-blocking perspective where I did my studies on run-blocking that the Eagles' issues last week were not 
uh, offensive line centric as much as they were their running back or there there were tight end problems, wide receiver problems, or other people that were missing blocks. So uh, Kelsey had some problems when they put him in one on one situations. He had a couple of times where he got shoved into the backfield. So. But then again, they're not going to have him singled up against Donald in, in any event. They'll always put two on him. So I'm not worried so much from that perspective there. And it's just going to have to be where you're going to have to do a lot of trap plays like they did last week. You're going to have to do a lot of quick passes. This may be a week where we always question why they don't try and run the ball more. This may be a week where you have to rely on your quick passing game and don't want to go after that line because I think the Eagles can get some things done offensive line-wise, but I think that they're better off uh, trying to do just quick stuff and limiting what the offensive line has to do. Getting Lane Johnson back has to help there. Obviously, uh, you know, Driscoll did not play awful, but uh, Lane Johnson, just getting a guy back uh, that's a veteran like that, how that kind of helps out everybody across the line. I think it does because Goddard actually had one of his worst run blocking games that I've seen him have, and I think in part because he does better when he, if you line him up against Lane Johnson or next to Lane Johnson, he knows I only have to do so much blocking. There's certain things that he has to be careful of. I think he was worried too much about having to do more than just take his guy on. I think he was trying to, you know, as Belichick says, you know, just do your job. Don't worry about doing somebody else's. And I think he had some concerns there. So I think it could have a double positive effect in that it'll make Johnson better and it'll make Goddard a lot better than he was, too. Uh, Eagles secondary slay. They, last year we would talk every week about how bad they were. Slay played well. Maddox played played well. Nikel Roby, Coleman, they're going up against uh, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, and company. How do you like that one? I'm worried about Van Jefferson, actually, the number three receiver for the Rams, who didn't get targeted that often last week, but he looked great in camp, and He's somebody who, if I'm looking up him against uh, Roby Coleman, it's I, I think the Eagles can hold up in that uh, matchup there, but it's one of those things where I think that would be a matchup they would go after. When Roby Coleman was only targeted twice last week, but he gave up two completions for 30 yards, so that's not a good start. I mean, Slay only gave up five yards per target on six targets, so I'd be more worried about Van Jefferson versus Roby Coleman than anything else, but again, I think Roby Coleman can hold up better than he did last week. Uh, the Rams ran the ball 40 times last week. How would the Eagles' defense match up against a 40 rushing attack this week. I think that they'll be able to do, if we talk about this every time we talk about the Eagles, is that they've got that one-gap defense, and they get upfield, and they disrupt plays, and they did that last week. They they only allowed, I think it was 28% good blocking at last week against Washington. I mean, it just dominated the, the, the front. The problem was is that, and the problem always is, is when they – you know, you've got that aggressive defense. If the other team hits a long gainer, then it tends to be a long gain. Now, last week, Gibson had that one run where he he got 20, but he could have had even more if he didn't trip over his receiver. He just tried to make a cut back and tripped on him. The Rams, that's the only person Washington had last week who could do breakaways. The Rams have all of their backs are capable. I mean, Cam Akers is a much better breakaway back than I think uh, Gibson is. And, and Malcolm Brown can get some long runs. Even Daryl Henderson, their three, can get some long runs. So if I'm the Eagles, I have to be very worried about that, that you can win your share of blocks in this matchup, but if they get some big gainers, they're going to get some 20-yard gainers. So they got to make sure those corners and safeties are coming up and stopping those plays. All right. Uh, the Eagles pass rush, they're getting everybody back. Hargrave's back. Looks like Graham's going to go. Looks like Barnett going to go. They're still pretty good even you know, without those guys. Hargrave did not play last week. They had three sacks. So uh, the Eagles front up against the Rams offensive line. I like the Eagles front. I have trouble grading the Rams offensive line because they only threw four deep passes last week. Four passes and went 15 or more yards downfield air yard-wise. Only threw four passes. And, and they you know, threw one in the first half. They had three in the second half. And they, were, they did two or four for 61, so they didn't use their vertical game that often. I don't think they're as good of a pass-blocking team as they are a run-blocking team. 
But when you have only that much to go on, I don't know. I would think the Eagles will be able to get some kind of a pass rush, but it's tough to say because I just don't know where the Rams are pass pocket wise right now. Uh, when you look at um, you know the Eagles' ability to throw the ball, they had trouble last week because of the sacks. But is this a week uh, that Carson Wentz could possibly uh, bounce back and have a big week? Is there you know pl- are there plays to be had in the Rams secondary? There are plays to be had in the Rams secondary. Troy Hill's probably their best corner. Actually, not the best corner, but Troy Hill has had the best metrics. Ramsey's been hit or miss, and I wonder what they're going to do with Ramsey. Because if you look at the matchup, you'd say, okay, matchup-wise, he would probably face Rager, but I would bet they'd put him on Jackson. And Hill is good, but Hill's also kind of an aggressive corner, and I think you could get some big plays there. And I'd be really curious to see the Rams' uh, number three cornerback is a guy named Darius Williams. If he's facing Ward, that's going to be a place they might be able to go after. And they also put in Jordan Fuller. They put uh, uh, the Rap was their safety last year, but Fuller evidently outplayed him in camp so much that he dominated the snaps last week. And McVeigh even said, "This is our, you know, basically he didn't say Fuller's going to be our starter because they'll probably use three safety sets and they'll get Rap in there too. But Fuller is their guy, but he's still a first-year guy. And if I'm looking at Ertz slash Goddard going up against somebody like him, that's a target I want to. That's a matchup I want to go target to see how good is Fuller in coverage because he didn't get tested that much last week after Jarrell went down the injury. All right. They, the Eagles took a lot of deep shots down the field. They didn't connect. They had the one to Rieger. That was about it. But Deshaun Jackson, they, they anticipate getting him more. Rieger, the Eagles, can they take shots down the field and connect? I think they can. And last week they got to a point, as we talked about earlier this week, they got to a point where everything was funneled through Jackson. They basically weren't throwing deep passes anywhere else. They just didn't trust the rookies. And I think if you get back to where you can trust the rookies again and say, hey, this is where we're going to go. In fact, I'd like to see with Ramsey and such. Every, you know, Ramsey got the contract, and he, you know, he's a hey, great corner and things. He was very, he's been very inconsistent the past couple of years. I mean, he'll take games off. I don't think this is a game he'd take off, but if I'm the Eagles, I definitely want to test him because if he has one of his off games, then you can send Jackson at him deep, too, and then if you do that, now you've got, uh, you've got uh, Troy Hill, again, good corner, but still kind of untested. You've got him and Darius Williams. You've got these untested guys in the Rams secondary, and I would want to go see if I can go vertical on them because they've got some talent, but so did the Eagles. All right, he's Casey Joyner. We'll get his pick on that game. Give me uh, one area where you think uh, there could be the difference in this game. I think the difference in this game is that if the Eagles can keep those long gainers on the ground, if they can keep those in check, they'll win more than their share of their run blocking uh, run blocking plays up front. I think that they can actually stop the Rams' rushing attack. If they can do that and force Goff to go vertical, then I think it's, there's some chances for some interceptions. So as long as they can make sure that the Rams don't get big plays in the running game, they'll end up having uh, to funnel their offense through Goff more than they should, and that could be a big difference. All right, uh, time for one thought on every game with NFL Insider. Casey Joyner, thefootballscientist.com. Don't forget his pay dirt and uh, his uh, pick watch as well as we're going to get his pick watch, his confidence on these games. We'll go through the schedule and get one thought on every game. First off, give us a thought on last uh, the Thursday night football game, Bengals and Browns. Bengals and Browns, the big thing was uh, Cincinnati played, I think, quite well. Uh, I think Burrow's looking like he's going to be a rookie, the rookie of the year guy, or at least the top candidate. But Cleveland, They've got two great backs. OBJ finally steps up. Their passing game started to look good. Cleveland's starting to play a little bit more than their talent level. They might be a team that could uh, go 8-8 eight eight this year. 8-8. Eight eight. That's exciting for the Browns fans. All right. That's, uh, Giants and Bears. we got two legendary franchises here, old school ones. Bears came back from uh, down last week big. Trubisky brought them back. Giants fell on Monday night, obviously. So can the Bears make it two in a row? 
think people are uh, the Giants short because, yeah, sure, they didn't play. They looked bad against the Steelers in some ways, but Daniel Jones threw for 279 yards and two TDs against the most talented defense in the league. New York's going to be much better on the ground again this year. The Bears give up 4.8 yards to rush versus Detroit, and Barkley bounces back big. So I think New York is actually going to win this game. Only got a comment level two, though. Uh, yes, um, they got to have a better game out of Barkley. Uh, that's that's evident. Um, Atlanta traveling to Dallas. Dallas struggled the other night. I thought their defense played a little poor, but offensively only 17 points on the board against this Rams defense. Atlanta put up a whole lot of points, weren't able to get the win, so it makes an interesting matchup here. Uh, it is. I think uh, the Atlanta's defense, their secondary, might be the worst in the league. They gave up 7.9 yards per attempt and four TD passes to Seattle. I think Dallas, with that trio of wide receivers, I think they might be able to do even better than that, or at least as well as that. Atlanta's got a good offense, but Dallas's defense is is is, is better than they showed last week. In fact, remember, they didn't give up that many points last week either. So I got Dallas with a confidence level 7 in this one. Uh, ooh, confidence level 7. All right, uh, Detroit going to Green Bay. Detroit fell apart at home. Green Bay looked scary on offense last week. They did, and Detroit is going to be missing. Uh, Justin Coleman got put on IR, and they're also going to be missing another cornerback. So they've got, they're down two cornerbacks, and Akuda, their rookie, is going to be playing in his first game. So they've got some problems in their secondary. And you look at Green Bay and how they looked last week with that passing game, Lazard and Valdez Scantling to go along with Adams. It's not just Adams anymore. Earlier this week, I think Green Bay was a confidence level two, but I'm adding in the, the Lions' uh, secondary issues. is going to move that confidence level up to four. Uh, one thought every game. Casey joiners with us. Jacksonville, a surprise win last week. Now they're on the road. Tennessee, this is a big boy game here. It is. In Jacksonville, they got the win. But when you look at their uh, everything metrically, they just, I mean, uh, Minshew only threw 20 passes. He, he completed 19, but they only threw 20 passes. They gave up 445 yards. I mean, they, they're not that good of a team. They they eat got a win less because of some mistakes. I think Tennessee makes those same mistakes. But they're kicking question marks. I mean, only give me a confidence of a five in this one. Let's go to Indianapolis. They were the losers in the Jacksonville game. They get to come back home. Minnesota had a tough one at home last week, giving up uh, over 40 in the game against Green Bay. So, do you like Minnesota on the road in Indianapolis this week? Indy needs this one coming off that ugly loss to Jacksonville. They do, but, man, the Vikings, 522 yards and 43 points. Mike Zimmer's defense is better than that. That's probably the worst showing he's had in Minnesota probably in his entire career, actually. Phillip Rivers made some errors last week, but he completed 78% of his throws, and he has the sixth highest net yards per attempt in week one. So they can go vertical. They can take advantage of some of those Minnesota defensive weaknesses. I got the Colts, but only by a confidence level three. All right. Uh, Buffalo's going to Miami. Big game for Buffalo here. Everybody's got, uh, you know, expectations for them. If you have expectations, you've got to be able to handle Miami, who's not very good, but you've got to go on the road to do it. These are the kind of games that if you're going to be taken seriously, you get games against weaker opponents on the road. Flores showed that even though his offense didn't do anything last week, he could still get that team to play well and to stay in the contest even late in the contest. I think it'll be the same thing here, but I mean, Miami's offense, they only averaged 4.8 yards per play and 3.2 yards per rush. I mean, Fitzpatrick had three interceptions. Josh Allen had his first career 300 yard passing game, and he gained 57 yards on the ground, so Buffalo's got some offense going with it. I think that if, it, if this is at home, I'd give Buffalo confidence level 10. I'm going to drop it to 8 because they're on the road. Alright, he likes Buffalo big there. Confidence level 8. San Francisco trap across the country. Jets were in Buffalo last week. They get to come home now and face a 49er team that's probably not too happy after losing the home, the home opener. No, and, and to, to their division rival, too. Uh, Arizona is a team on the rise, though, so I, I'm not... 
knocking the 49ers too much for that because I think that game said more about where Arizona is than uh, is that San Francisco's taking a big step back. The Jets, I mean, they, they're just in terrible shape in offense without Bell now. And, they get, again, they allowed Josh Allen to throw for 300 yards last week. I think San Francisco wins this game fairly handily. Confidence level 7. Uh, San Francisco confidence level 7. All right, let's go to Pittsburgh where the Steelers look good on Monday night. They take on Denver who did not look so good on Monday night. So two Monday night teams now meeting in week number two. Yeah, they are. And the problem for the Steelers is that they've got DeCastro, the right guard, is going to miss another game. They just put a, a, his backup was Niski on IR. They were going to be missing their right tackle. So their entire right side of their offensive line is in terrible shape. Um, the only thing is that Denver is also going to miss Philip Lindsay. Uh, Bouye, the cornerback, is out. And now the uh, Steelers are going to get Connor back. They still have the best defense in the league talent-wise. So, and it's a road matchup for Denver. I'm just looking at it. I mean, Denver's got you know, a couple paths to victory if, the, if they can exploit the bad Steelers' offensive line. But I still get the Steelers' account a couple of eight. Carolina's offense looked good. Defense not so good. Tampa Bay, eh, tough to read there. Brady did not play well, but he comes back home. Do you like Brady to bounce back against uh, this Carolina team? 6.1 yards per play and 372 yards they gave up to the Raiders. The Panthers did. Mike Evans was not on the injury report at the end of the week, so he's back to being fully healthy. Gronk just looked a little rusty. He'll work through that. They still have Howard. They still have Scotty Miller to fill in for Godwin, who's going to miss this game with concussion. Matting all those factors in together, and Tampa's got a very good defense. They held up very well against the Saints last week. I think they'll hold Carolina down, so I've got them with a confidence level six. All right, let's go to... Arizona. Now, they had a nice win in week number one. They're back home now. Washington had a nice win in week number one. So two teams that really surprised people, they match up in week number two. They do. Uh, Washington's offense did not look anywhere. You know, They won 27-17, but we mentioned before that the uh, Eagles defense did quite well against the run, and I still don't trust the Washington passing game at all. I'd I like, like to be more confident in Arizona, but I still am not con, uh, con, convinced of their consistency, so I'm only going to pick them with a confidence level 7, though. All right, let's go to uh, the Chargers, who are a winner in Week 1 over the Bengals. They come home, but they got their hands full against the defending Super Bowl champion Chiefs. They do. The Chargers last week, they had their old line issues. I think they injuries all across the offensive line. In fact, uh, their center's out now for the season, too, so they still have those, and they're, they're not going to be able to block Chris Jones. Uh, they decided last week, though, they're going to run the ball 39 times, and they could do that against the Cincinnati offense that wasn't as good last week as it was yesterday. But uh, I don't think they're going to have that same type of success against Kansas City. So Kansas City's won 11 against the last 12 against the Chargers, and they haven't lost a road game to the Bolts since 2013. So I'm going to pick them with a confidence of eight. Baltimore is at Houston. Uh, Houston didn't look good on Thursday night in week one. They'll... Uh... You know, get to come home now. Baltimore looked really good last week. I thought Lamar Jackson maybe even improved uh, from what we saw in his MVP season, but they really mixed it around and played really good defense. Looks like Houston, even though they're home, they could be staring at 0-2. They could be. I still have a lot of faith in their talent because when I'm looking at these picks, I, I lean a lot towards how talented the team is. I don't think they played to their talent level last week, and I don't know that they'll do that this week. But when Baltimore has to travel on the road and they're facing a talented team like that, I still think they're going to win the contest. But I'm only going to pick them with a confidence level four because I have a feeling Houston's going to play a lot better this week than they did in week one. New England, this one's interesting. They're going to Seattle. No 12th man. Got to travel all the way across the country, though. I mean, depending on what the weather's like out there with the uh, the fires out in Seattle. But Cam Newton only threw 15 times going up against Russell Wilson. I mean, this is a uh, really good and intriguing matchup. But maybe uh, too much Seattle here? Yeah, I think it's going to be too much Seattle. I mean, New England, that went. 
42 rush attempts last week. Uh, almost, it was over two. You know, this is more than a two-to-one ratio for rush versus pass. Seattle's got a good run defense. They're going to want to and have to throw the ball more, and I just don't think that they have the capacity to do that. I think Seattle can score enough points to make New England have to throw the football, and New England just doesn't have the receiving core. The receiving core is just, they just I mean, besides Edelman, they don't have anybody. that Even Harry's just nothing that, that, that I'm concerned about from that perspective. So Seattle, only a confidence level of three, though, just because Belichick can do things with his game plans. All right, then, of course, on Monday, we will have Casey back to talk about the Monday night game between the Saints and Vegas. You can hear that game right here on 97.3 ESPN. You can hear New England, Seattle Sunday night on 97.3 ESPN. You can hear Kansas City and the Chargers after the Eagles and the Rams on 97.3 ESPN. Another triple header Sunday for you here. Turn us on, leave us on three games Sunday, one on Monday, every Thursday night, Monday night, and Sunday night game here. And the football scientist is here, as always, to give us his pick. All right, Eagles, Rams, who wins and why? I hate to say this because, you know, I like to pick the Eagles when I can, but the Rams uh, are, are playing very well. Uh, they, I think they're going to be able to dominate the offensive line play. I think that uh, Philadelphia's offensive line is going to have some problems. And I just I see that matchup. I just look at that offensive line versus the Rams' defensive front. I just don't see very many positive things coming out of that. So I've got the Rams winning this one with a confidence level of seven. Confidence level of seven, too. So yeah. it doesn't sound like you think this is going to be close. Yeah, I think the Rams could win by could win by double digits. Again, the uh, the Eagles. I think they they're going to have to be very creative in their play. We're going to see a lot from Peterson this week if he's got a he's going to have to come up with a creative game plan to keep this one close. Because I just think that offensive line problem is just a, something that the Eagles are going to have a lot of trouble with. And they, uh, hey, can Carson Wentz short pass his way to keep him close? Maybe, but I just really think the Rams have more pass to victory. L- let me ask you this: Get your opinion on this. How much uh, are you factoring in no crowds? You know, the Eagles are at home, much different team. You know. Teams like that, Seattle, teams that have that home field advantage. What is the no fans? How are you factoring that in? I believe road teams were 500 last week, or they were very close to that. I think it was. Uh, I know there were six and six out of the first 12, and I believe they uh, they won two of the last four. So, it, I think that there, there there is no home field advantage right now, unless. You're having to travel to, uh, you know, if you're going to Denver, Denver had a bit of a home field advantage because you're having to go to the, uh, you know, to the uh, altitude and such. But beyond that, and beyond the fact that teams, I am factoring in, if teams have to travel and it's their first road game, which everything obviously has this year, if it's your first road game, that's the first time you're having to go through all these COVID protocols and such, and I think that presents something of a difficult. That's why I haven't had a 10 conference level pick. Actually, I had one last week for Sunday, but I haven't had a 10 conference level pick just because of that. But I don't think the Rams are going to have any issues with that because they've been having to deal with a lot. COVID stuff anyway. Casey, tell our listeners uh, how they can get your information, where else they can find all your NFL work. Uh, I'm at thefootballscientist.com, and I have a, a paid service that covers fantasy football. I do waiver picks, starts at services, both for Thursday and for Sunday games. I give updates, uh, and you can, I have chats during the week to tell help people with their fantasy teams. You can use the word uh, Gill for a 10% discount off of those. And I also am writing for NFLPickWatch.com. Go there and check out all my, uh, my weekly NFL picks. I write the article on Thursday and then update it for Sunday morning for the injuries. He's Casey Joyner. He's been with us for many a years, giving us great insight along the way. He'll be back on Monday. And, of course, he, like all guests, appeared via the Boardwalk Honda hotline. Casey, enjoy the football. Appreciate it, man. All right, there you go. Casey Joyner, thefootballscientist.com. As you heard, um, he likes the Rams, and he likes some confidence level seven, he says.
He mentioned double-digit win. Uh, the spread right now is at one. That tells me it's at least going to be close, right? It's funny because Chad Millman earlier said he loved the Eagles in that game, the way that the number opened up, three and a half, and then it's down to one. All the money shifted over that way. So um, I don't know. I'll give uh, We'll give our picks here just coming up in just a little bit. But, you know, the one thing he, he mentioned a lot is uh, the, the offensive line issues and that he said, yeah, I, I concur with what Baldy said, but they still had some breakdowns to where, the, the, yeah, the running backs had to be asked to do some stuff, but because – the assignments were missed. There was a lack of communication up front. He seemed to concur with that thought that the Eagles lack of communication. You got a lot of inexperienced guys up front, man. I wonder if I'm just being too optimistic with this offensive line. Only time will tell, but I feel like they should be able to be all right with Lane Johnson coming back. But maybe we are thinking too much with the Eagles, uh, the Eagles glasses on. Well, the numbers with Lane back are just astronomical. I mean, how good Agreed. they are with Lane as opposed to when he's not there. Um, it's a big difference. So uh, we'll get our picks coming up. We got the five. We'll give our picks in the next segment. But uh, how about Bryce Harper with another bomb? It's a shame it won't matter. It's three nothing. Confidence level is what? Well, it's a seven inning game, right? So we'll go. Oh yeah, two. that's right. You got a seven inning. Have they announced a starter for game two yet? Not sure. Or is that still under the radar? <laughs> Probably Blake Parker. <laughs> he pitched yesterday, so probably not. Right. I, I have no idea. What are you going, Ranger Suarez? Oh, I'm juiced up. Uh, no, Garrett Clevenger got sent down to the minors. Uh, Jay Bruce reinstated. Ramon Rosso is the 29th man. By the way, I didn't even see the lineup today. So you got McCutcheon, Harper, Bohm, D.D. Gosselin. You got Gosselin hitting five. Off. You don't really have an alternative, though, you know? Yeah, the Jay Bruce got activated, although they got a lefty pitching. There you go. You know what? At this point, i got to put my best guys out there, not my best analytical lineup. Well, I mean, Jay Bruce does not hit lefties very well. Guess what? If he gets a hold of one, he's hitting it further than Mickey Moniak is. Okay, I can support it with the Mickey Moniak thing, but not with the Goslin thing. I can support Goslin being in over Jay Bruce. Yeah, well, then Jay Bruce would be hitting in the five. I mean, I know he's left-handed, but I mean, still, I mean, you got listen to your five, six, seven, eight, nine hitters. You ready for this? Yes. You want vomit in your mouth or what? I do that every day watching this. Team. Friday, it's a happy hour Friday. You ready to vomit in your mouth? Yeah, Here you're you gonna. Go. Yeah, you're gonna end <laughs> the show. Happy hour Friday with me vomiting in my mouth. Continue, please. Goslin, Kingery, Nap. Moniac Quinn. You know what's hurting this team is to have to use the DH. They've got to find another guy to put in this lineup. I'd rather just have the damn pitcher hit so that the other team has to use their pitcher too. The fact that okay, you have so to... Because you have to use a DH means McCutcheon keeps getting bailed out and it has to be the DH. That means you got to stick another stiff in the lineup. So something that we thought would actually benefit the team ended up backfiring and being an issue. Well, I never thought it would benefit. Everybody thinks this DH is like this great extra bat in the lineup. No, nobody has a ninth bat. They stink. The D What's the DH's batting average, I'd like to know, in the National League this year? Yeah, but, I mean, I get what you're saying, but it's still better than the pitcher over round, individually speaking. I know we looked at the runs yeah, and what better. that means for that, but still, it's individually speaking, you get someone who's better than the bat than the pitcher batting. Yeah, I mean, I'm not debating that. A guy hitting 220 is going to be better than the pitcher, sure. But that guy stinks. You're telling me I got to play Moniac. Well, today, 
this is where I disagree with you. T- yes, today they have to because of so many injuries. But when the team isn't this banged up, you will not be batting someone like Mickey Moniak. It's just unfortunate based off of the injury issues. Yeah, well. Moniac's in the lineup again, two days in a row. They don't have well, another no, option. They, they don't have any options. Who's missing? What am I missing here? What's what? Who? There's got to be somebody that we're forgetting about that they're not playing today. That Moniac is out there again. Well, I mean, again, they're they're facing a lefty, so I guess they're just totally going analytics. That's why Bruce, because Bruce was activated today. Yeah, but it doesn't make sense to start Bruce. Segur is also hurt. Yeah, he got hit with the pitch yesterday. That was like a 97-mile-per-hour yeah, pitch that, right into the forearm. That looked like it would hurt. That definitely yeah. looked like it would hurt. <laughs> I think so, too. But he's uh, – so the Phillies DHs this year are 10th best in the league. They're hitting a whopping 240. It's not bad. 240 is the 10th best in the league. Yeah, Name but 240 of, in today's era of baseball is actually not bad. Gabe Kapler's DHs are hitting 179. You hate to see By it. By the way, listen to this. The DHs – White Sox, 158. I'd rather have the pitcher. The Angels, 168. I'd take the Why pitcher. Why would you rather have the pitcher? Pitchers aren't hitting 150. Some of them are. I bet you uh, Baumgartner is. I, yeah, but as a but he only he gets to hit one every five days. I'm talking about a collective unit of pitchers. I, I don't care. I, I, I'd rather have the, the, the pitcher. My, my point is the DH is not adding enough to, for everybody to say, wow, the pitcher can't hit. The pitcher adds an element to the game that this isn't adding, and this guy's not doing. You know, after the Phillies hitting two forty two, the Rays are hitting two thirty nine out of the DH spot. They've got. But essentially, you're acting like that's bad in today's era of baseball. That's two thirty nine right. is horrendous. It's not bad. You're right. No, it's not. I'm not no, acting like it's two, bad. I'm acting like it's horrendous. Well, that's that's not true. Two thirty nine. If you're hitting 240 in today's era of baseball, I mean, it's depending on your power and all that, it, it's not horrendous. 180 is horrendous. 240, if Reese Hoskins hits 240, but he's giving you 40 home runs in 162 games, you're satisfied with that. All right, well, that's not the case. They got 242. They got eight homers out of the DH uh, spot this year. By the way, the Phillies are 10th. The ninth team is 260, so there's a 20, there's an 18 point gap between them, and then everybody is 240, 239, 236, 235, 233, 225, 225, 224, 217, 215, 211, 209, and then everybody else is under 200. I hope everybody loves the DH. They stink. The DH stinks. They all stink. Thanks a lot. Happy Hour Friday. Hey, don't forget, getting close to retirement. Are you retirement age now? Call my man Lee Malotsky at SHM Financial today. Lee can help you with all of your questions concerning what to do with money, whether or not you're looking for an annuity, whether or not you want to look for uh, some sort of safer option, security, preservation, low to no fees, and what's important the most an income that you cannot outlive. Lee Malotsky at SHM Financial. They can get it done. 1-800-MONEY-SHM. If you're out there and you're wondering, huh, I got some money here. I don't know what to do with it. Give a call. Ask for some assistance. Ask for some help. They've been doing it since 1958. I highly recommend you check out their latest podcast as well, Election Proofing Your Assets. Nobody knows what the election will do to the market Lee and Stan talk about how this can affect 
your money. Call 800-MONEY-SHM or visit shmfinancial.com. We have our picks for the Eagles and Rams and the Weekend 5 next. This is the radio home of Philadelphia Eagles football. It's Week 2, and the Eagles host the L.A. Rams at the link. Back again goes Goff. He steps up. He is hit. Pre-game coverage begins at noon. Merrill Reese and Mike Quick call all the play-by-play action starting at 1 p.m. Number five will always love you. All right, five question time to get ready to wrap up the show. It is brought to you today by Bacharach, the only newer recovery robots in South Jersey. Know your rights to access the most advanced rehab available today. Visit Bacharach.org for more information. All right, Friday 5, here we go. Do the Eagles win? Coming out hot, huh? Yeah. Have you not learned the like uh, art of like making people kind of hold on and wait for like the grand finale? It's the last couple minutes of the show. Yeah, we got five questions. I'm giving them the best information in question one. All right. How about this? Does Carson Wentz, <laughs> how many touchdowns for Carson Wentz throw it? Uh, how many touchdowns for Carson Wentz throw it? I think he has a good day. Three. I would love to see three out of him. Does Aaron Donald record a sack against the Eagles? Nah, I mean, he's a D tackle. They don't get a lot of sacks. Okay. I mean, he's the best of them all, but I think the Eagles will do. I think they've done a good job. He has no sacks in three career games against them. They'll 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 game plan for him on Sunday. All righty. Um, who has more throwing yards, Jared Goff or Carson Wentz? That ah, Wentz. Goff's not a big pass guy. Does Miles Sanders score a touchdown? It could be receiving or rushing. I hope so. I have them both my fantasy teams, I think. Yeah, uh, I have him in, in mine as well. A little disappointed. My first week, I had to sit him. Ah, I got a win without him in week one, so I feel and, pretty and good I getting him Marlon back. And I Mack, who had the Achilles injury, Ooh. so I was really in double whammy. Uh, I, I'm going to say yes. He gets in the end zone. A little screen okay. pass. A little screen pass. Ooh, a little screen game, if you will. Okay, well, here's the last question. Do the Eagles win? Yeah, I got Eagles 24-17 with a win. 24-17. I don't like how it's like such a clean score, but I'm going to go 24-17. Eagles get the win. Why? Do you think something wonky is going to happen? Eh, I don't know. I mean, just in the world we live in today with uh, missed extra points and stuff like that, you get these like 24-22s or... Some kind right. of weird score. 24-17 just sounds like such a clean, classic, like, bunch of touchdowns, a field goal here. But yeah, yeah, yeah. 24-17. It's, like, yeah, it's too perfect. Yeah, is what's dancing around in my head. What do you got? I, I will go. I think the Eagles win as well. I'm going to go with 21-20. The point spread spoke to me. I, I know it moved a bit, but right now it's at one. I, I'm going to play in that ballpark of one, and I'll go 21-20 Eagles. Uh, yeah, Millman sold me the most today. When I was uh, compiling my information throughout the course of the show, Millman, he kind of sold me the most on the line and the way he loved that game. He was really heavy on the Eagles in this game with the way that line moved. And when I told him, he said if Sanders and Johnson play, 100% he was on board. How about this Hargrave news? I mean, in what world is he ready to rock and roll potentially? 
I'm a little surprised by that, too. In fact, I think we talked about it earlier in the week by the fact that I didn't think he'd be back for at least a couple of weeks. Like, the way they were talking about it was he was going to miss, like, four games. Yeah, they made it seem like it was... Well, when it did happen originally, I think once we got more information, we heard that they were pleasantly surprised with the news as if they expected it to be way worse than it originally was. And then, I mean, they did give us a couple-week timeline, but I definitely did not expect week two. Yeah, and I'm wondering... I wonder if they won won last week, would he play this week kind of thing? That's a good point. I'm wondering, though, if that means, like, we're being surprised by stuff. Alshon Jeffrey, I wonder if he's going to be ready to go next week because he's the only guy that's on the injury report that is listed as out this week. How are you feeling about JJ, Ortega Whiteside? Did you hear what Doug said today? I did. He said that the play in the end zone on the touchdown was actually designed for JJ. So why didn't JJ catch the where I wasn't a throw to him then? He's probably struggling to get separation. Hey, don't forget... For more on all of the Eagles and Rams, go to 973ESPN.com all weekend long. We'll have tons more coverage. Dave Weinberg, Andrew DeCecco, Grayson's Grades on Sunday after the Eagles game and all weekend long here on the Sports Bash. I would tell you who's coming up next on game night, but that chair is blocking my view, so I can't see who is the guest. Shame on Josh. (laughs) He's not in the room to even move. Uh, It looks like Eric Edholm, NFL insider, is coming up from Yahoo Sports tonight at 620. Ryan McGee is on with him tomorrow for Sports Bash Saturday. Hunter is back on Sunday in the locker room with Billy Schwein. The coverage starts at 10 a.m. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you Monday. Hey, South Jersey, this is Billy Schwime. Tune into the locker room every Saturday and Sunday from 10 a.m. to noon on 97.3 ESPN. Each weekend in the locker room, you will get passionate sports talk.